All right. I'm going to read an excerpt from the book, Build Your Brand Like You Give a Shit, by our guest tonight, Bobby Gillespie. I encourage every business leader to spend some time reflecting on everyone who has contributed to their success. Consider the people who have given you the opportunities you took advantage of, the people who influenced you to make the right decisions, and the people who are contributing to your success right now. And I'm not just talking about your financial success. Consider your health and happiness as well. Indeed, the people who only define success by money are the very ones who are a storage to the earth, making a lot of money but leaving burned-out employees and environmental ruin in your wake is not success. It is clearly a failure. In terms of your brand, you'd be a lot more successful even if it meant breaking less money or making less money and not growing quite as big if you are focused on creating a good product with engaged employees while making a positive impact on the world to the best of your ability. We need a hell of a lot more business leaders who will chase that kind of success. Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast, the show, your show for IT business support, where we help you do your job better and run your business better, smarter, and faster. Today, we are excited to have Bobby Gillespie, author of the book, Build Your Brand Like You Give a Shit. Bobby is a branding expert, marketing strategist, and entrepreneur who has helped countless businesses build their brands from the ground up. Bobby, how are you, sir? I'm great. I'm great, Marv. Thanks for having me on. All right. Was well, glad to have you back. For people that uh, may not remember, Bobby was a guest back on episode 468 uh, back in January. So it's been a couple of months. Gone by quick. It has. It has. How's the weather up where you are in uh, Baltimore, right? Well, we got we got a taste of winter. Uh, sometime around Thanksgiving before Christmas, and it's never come back. So it's just been spring <laughs> ever since. Disturbing, uh, but not not too bad. <laughs> right. Well, that's not terrible. At least you're not talking about you know snow blizzards and power outages and all nope. of that sort of stuff. Uh, nope. For those of you that follow the show, last week we did a uh, an episode where our guest was in Chicago and lost power and muscled through in his car. And I thank him for that. And uh, Bobby, oh, you're not doing that tonight. You look like you're in a nice, comfortable spot. Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know, 55 degrees in Baltimore. 55. Like it's, it's warm, I'm relatively a, speaking. I am not going to be doing that. <laughs> so, uh, Bobby, so I read from your book. I should tell everybody that uh, the Build Your Bit. Build your brand like you give a shit. And we talked about that last time. And uh, you okay with the, the passage that I read? Yeah, it's a, I, I like that you picked that one. Uh, it's, a, it's a book about branding, but we don't talk about design or messaging. We talk about everything else that you do that sends a message. So I'm glad you picked that spot because um, I talk about that a lot. Well, it's it's kind of weird because you know you you titled it "Build Your Brand" and you talked about other things, and we even talked last time about the difference between branding and marketing because mm-hmm. they are kind of interchanged a lot. And we've also hear the word "image." You know, what's your image? You know, mm-hmm. as compared to what's your brand. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that are now coming with it, and I, I think this book really gives a framework for how you should be thinking about your brand and the totality of the business, not just about, you know, right. the transactions and making the money. It's, it's what do you want people to think about when they say your name? Right. Right. So. You, you know, like uh, a good, a good way to put it is uh, a friend, uh former client, friend, colleague, um, 
became a friend as a client, which is a testament to how we operate. But she said, it's really like connecting head and heart, you know? So like you sleep well while running your business and you know, that's, that's important, right? We want a good night's sleep. Like we want to make sure that the legacy we're creating through our actions is supporting the reputation we desire. Uh, you know, reputation is funny. Like in real time, we see the Dilbert guy just absolutely eviscerate his reputation. Wasn't good, but some people were holding out hope that he was just misunderstood, but I didn't believe that for a while, but he completely eviscerated it because he wouldn't stop pushing his opinion that one, why would anyone care what the Dilbert guy thinks, but it's really like, uh, bad. And he went from, uh, you know, successful comic strip guy to uh, a well-deserved pariah. And, you know, there's no shortage of examples in modern culture of that happening. And I left a, a comment as I do from time to time on a Washington post article about, uh, you know, the Dilbert guys, um, self-inflicted wounds, you know, it's, you're going to get the reputation you deserve, not necessarily the one you want. So why not just work every day and earn the reputation you desire, make decisions all the time that are going to support that reputation? Because, you know, brands defined in a lot of different ways. And some people, I, I, I posted uh, an article on LinkedIn today and a guy was trying to debate me about you know, it's not worth it to build a visual expression of your brand, your identity and things like that. And I'm like, that's not what I'm talking about doing. I'm talking about is sending the right message to people. Part of that comes through the expression of the visual and the verbal language you use. But it's how you're treating people and how your customers are, are feeling about you. It's, it's the message that your actions and activities and all the things you're doing, what's that message that you're sending? That message you're sending and how it makes people feel, that's your brand. So your identity and your, your, your website and all those other things has to align with that. If they're not leading it. They're just a, a, an, another piece of, of, of that big equation that makes up who you are and what people think of you. Now, when we talked about the book last time, I kind of asked you how you got started down that path and mm. uh, the way that I probably should have asked the question back then was what was it that inspired you to write the book and how did you come up with the title? (laughs) Um, I always kind of wanted to do a book. Uh, My mom, I felt like at one point in my uh, education, I could have been a writer or a designer and I'm more of a visual guy, but it's funny later in my career, I, I write way more than I, I write every day now and I design once in a while. Um, but I'm very involved with all of that, my company and our clients. But, um, a, a coach I was working with, I was like, he wrote a couple of books. I was like, how'd you do it? And he just made it very approachable. He's like, if I basically he says the same thing I say now, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And, uh, he connected me with someone who kept me organized through the process and who, you know, he, he worked for a company like scribe that helps people write their business books and he ghostwrites for other people, but it's all, it's all my, all my stuff. Um, he just helped me do it, but really the catalyst was, um, giving back, adding to the conversation and like, that's something that I forget the term used for it. I'm reading a book by, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson now. Uh, and, uh, there's, there's a term and I, and I forgot to mark it in my, in, in my book to remember it and, and internalize it, but <clears throat> it's, it's conversations and storytelling and sharing information that humans have been doing since the beginning. It's led us to where we are today. And, you know, I have a lot of experience. I have a lot of opinions. Uh, I have a lot of, uh, ideas that some that may be provocative or thought provoking. And I was like, well, you know, it's really important for me to get that out of my head 
to just share it with the, the rest of humanity. And, you know, there, there's so many reasons why I did it, but that's really the primary reason is like, let me, let me add to the dialogue and maybe um, help somebody make a decision that is going to be for their betterment uh, and their community's betterment, a company's betterment, and not so self-centered and selfish as, as we're kind of pushed into that direction from, from everything. All right. So I do want to let the viewers and listeners know you and I are going to be having a big conversation. Most of it's going to be around branding. And I want my friends to know that my brothers in tech, guys Paco and Rick over at the MSP Unplugged podcast, just released an episode yesterday also entitled Branding. So I just want to let the listeners know that Paco and Rick and I did not you know, co-spire, you know, <laughs> to, <laughs> to have this same topic in the same week. Um, but I do want to mention serendipity. That, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just want to mention that. Yes. We, we realize that we are talking about the same thing there. They come at it from a different perspective, talking about, mm-hmm. you know, things that they've done. And of course, Bobby, I'm going to ask you later to evaluate me and my mm-hmm. branding because, you know, I was once dubbed no marketing Marv. So we'll see if that really holds <laughs> true. Um, but I guess the questions probably should always start around the idea of how do you define a brand? Mm-hmm. Because most of the time we always, you know, we do think of what's the image of the company, what's the marketing message of the company, you mm-hmm. know, what do people think of when they hear the name, you know, do they think of your your logo or whatever image you're putting up, you know, digitally right. or, or stuff like that, but but how do you really define what a brand is? Well, all those things are part of it. And, you know, the, a lot of my colleagues in the sort of brand strategy and the brand implementation industry share this notion that it's all the pieces together send a message. And, you know, it's really how, how do you want to develop your reputation? What do you want to be known as? So, for example, you know, if if you're a high end brand, right, like like Tiffany, just mention Tiffany. And because of you know 150 years or so of them existing, you know, with lamps and jewelry and all the all the stuff that the, the, the turquoise bag, uh, silver the the vault sort of door at the stores like all that it, we instantly get an idea there's there's something that triggers in our, in our gut in our mind that we're like yeah I I know who that brand is or you know uh, on another side of the spectrum is like Harley Davidson same thing there's textures there's people there's sounds it's tactile it's this so like, you know, the logo, like it's the most tattooed uh, mark, like uh, it, it used to be, I don't know if it's still the case, but like people just get this Harley Davidson tattoo. That's a brand's logo. Uh, but they identify with like some sort of culture associated with, you know, uh, being an aficionado of big, loud motorcycles. And that's what we want to establish with your brand everybody's brand. You want to manage that message. You want to be consistent with that message because you think about what, what can go right with that is that you're easy to recommend to people and you don't know why. So think about it as what's getting people talking about uncle Mars company. Those are the things we want to be known for. And you kind of, drill it down to some values that are non-negotiable and a purpose that is clearly defined, but the, th- that is negotiable. That could change over time. Your visual expression, your identity, your website, your marketing message, your advertising campaigns, they will change over time because the world's constantly evolving. So let me, let me put it into like a story or a comparison. Um, you know, we work with a lot of tech brands. So, uh, you know, we know Nokia 
And Nokia started as a mining technology company in the UK. And fast forward to the 90s, it was our first cell phone. And fast forward to today, what are they doing? Well, they still exist. They're not competing with Apple, you know, on products and services. They, what they've done is pivot around what their focus is and their values are. So they create, it's all around te- technology, communications. So they still do that today. And they're still, a, you know, a super successful company and admirable for the most part. But they're creating infrastructure for telecom. They're putting Wi-Fi on the moon, right? So over that 100 plus years of their existence, they've pivoted around their core expertise, their values, and their purpose. And that's how they've thrived. It's not pivoting around a specific product or service or feature. And the companies that do that, they struggle. So another company is like Polaroid, right? Polaroid's been around forever. It was around forever. And in uh, the late 90s, I believe, they were valued around a couple billion bucks. Uh, And within 10 years, they declared bankruptcy for the second time and liquidated all their assets. And they they were bought out and they were gone. Why? Why didn't they exist? Why why did they fail? Because they didn't pivot. Because they looked at their, their product as the brand, not a core set of beliefs, not a core mission not a core purpose. So they said, oh, well, you know, digital, digital photography, digital technology was, was already around, which is really expensive and it got cheaper and cheaper every year and better and better every year as things do. But instead of pivoting around what they were as a company, as a brand, they tried to just double down on more f- features, more products around a device that was headed to be extinct. So who would you rather be a company that thrives and pivots and stays on their toes, but doesn't waver from what you truly believe in and your mission as a whole, or a company that says like, we're going to compete on this service or this feature or this person and say like, this is our brand and live or die by it. Well, you're going to die by it quicker than, than you want. And there's a lot of companies that have done that. I mean, Blockbuster was big. They were headquartered down here in Fort Lauderdale, another company that uh, did not see the writing on the wall. And they actually had the opportunity to buy, if I remember, Netflix. Netflix, yep. And And they're like, nope. (laughs) They said no. Uh, A lot of companies like that. Now, it's funny because you mentioned Nokia. And when you asked, you know, what are they doing now? I would have, my first thought was uh, nothing (laughs) because, you know, we don't hear about them, but you're talking about the fact that they're building infrastructure. Well, right. we know that there's a huge infrastructure to tech, so they've got to be doing well. Yeah. I mean, they're putting Wi-Fi on the moon. Yeah. Like you can't get Wi-Fi in parts of Baltimore or in the subway in Philly, but you're going to be able to get it on the moon. Yeah, I can't like, get good uh, internet here at my office. But they're building towers and 5G and doing all that stuff which is true to their core. They've just pivoted around sort of their area expertise and kept it within a radius that makes sense that their brand can consistently exist and thrive. You know, and it's not that products and services and features, those are important at certain times. Sometimes you got to pivot and COVID told us all that in real time. Yeah. So that's one of the big takeaways from your book is, you know, learning to do, what's best for the brand and the importance of authenticity, Mm -hmm. you know, staying true to who you are. Yep. I mean, but first of all, you got to know who you are, right? Right. Uh, How many, do you come across people that come to you for help and they're like, Oh, we're, we're flailing here. We're dying here. Can you help us with a nice marketing strategy only to find out that they don't really know who they are. They just started a business because, it seemed like a good idea at the time, and that was it. So we start every every engagement, whether we're uh, putting together like a rebrand or um, you know everything we're trying to do is is build around performance and growth for our, for our clients. So uh, it doesn't always need uh, you know we don't always need to touch everything. 
But before we, we before we recommend and do any work, whether it's a big website or refresh or expansion or, or transformation, whatever it may be, whatever the, the scenario calls for to get them the outcomes they're looking for, we, we dive deep into who they are. Now, the ones that are pushing kind of like something that isn't authentic, uh, it's all kind of house of cardsy. They're not interested in us uh, because we're going to expose that, and that's pretty scary to them. But it's the one. But clients that are really interested in doing something that's sustainable and scalable, you know, the the benefit of doing it that way is the peace of mind that you just have to be yourself, right? And like, you know, oftentimes it's the the founders or the senior leadership of the company. Like, yeah, we know who we are. But they can't articulate it. Or they, it, it, it doesn't permeate through the ranks. Or it doesn't really get to the customer. The customer has some confusion about who they really are, but they appreciate them for some reason. They can't really connect the dots. So what we do is really d- dig in deep. And, and uh, the, the story I like to tell is a unverified story of someone asked the artist Michelangelo how he created the Statue of David. And uh, he he said it was simple. He just chipped away at the stone that wasn't David, meaning that the statue was already there. He just had to expose it. And I love that story. And it's in the book uh, because I've been telling it probably since I heard it 15 years ago, uh, because it's, it's real. Like your brand is there. And oftentimes it just can't be articulated or it's, there's too much distraction around it to really, you know, seize it and use it and make it approachable and understandable and actionable to your team. So it really just whittles down to three or four core values. And it's not like core values, like our, you know, integrity or service. Sure. Like that's, that's part of it. They, they might be some of the terms we use to define their core values, but the core values have to be in your tone of voice. It has to be you. It has to be your brand, right? So if your brand is an individual, fine, it's easy to do that. But when your brand's a company, then you got to you got to put a person uh, a personality around it, give it a tone of voice, uh, and and give it, it that gives your team clarity on who you are, so they can be consistent and you know understand what's appropriate. So if you're you know just just for fun, like if you're you're the personification of your brand, if you if you labeled it as like a famous person, which makes it even more accessible and even more fun, you have someone like Samuel L. Jackson as the personification of your brand. Well, then Sam Jackson like gives everybody the permission to be themselves and be as irreverent and you know loud as they want, and that should come through in the design and the writing and the messaging from your brand, so people feel that vibe. Right, and it's back to that human connection. That's what we're trying to establish, just consistency, so that we're not asking the team, like, you guys all have to go out there and be Samuel L. Jackson. No, but you understand what the, the tone of voice and the personality of the brand is, so it lets them know that this stuff's, this is, this is what we're allowed to get away with, so to speak. And they just rep it from their own point of view, their own personality, and say, like, yeah, this is how we rep this brand this way. We can be irreverent. We could use the F word. We can do these different things. You know, uh, we can have a good time with it. That's truly empowering. And like th- that just gives you so much ability to innovate around that, that if you didn't do it, there's no way you can innovate because there's, a, there's too much potential options out there. So if you didn't say like, what's the, what's the personality and our values of our brand? You say, I don't know. Then how can you really say what's right and what's wrong? Well, there's one person or two people that are going to determine that. And are they determining it because of it's what their preference is? Or are they determining it uh, because it delights them? Or because it's really what's best for the brand and the customer? Well, if it's not the the latter, then how do you know if it's helping or hurting the company? 
how do you how do you ensure that what you're doing is going to be consistent time in and time out or uh not not going to rely on gimmicks and things like that that we hope we get it right all right so folks you've just heard some nice nuggets there and these are most of these are going to be found in the book that I mentioned at the top of the show build your brand like you give a shit by Bobby Gillespie chapter 1 entitled are you faking it so there's a good way to start that out. So I've put a link in the chat and it will also be in the show notes. So you can go back and look at it. It is available on Amazon and it is available in hardcover, paperback, and Kindle. So there should not be a reason for you to to refuse getting this book. It's a nice little book. It's a quick read. And yeah. I did finish it this time, Bobby. Good. And I even got to, to be the, read. I got to the part where it says, do something about it at the, the very last tag there. So before I ask you to look at me and see what I'm doing right and wrong, let's take a quick little break here and give a shout out to our sponsors. The IT Business Podcast is presented by NetAlly, your number one ally for handheld testing Basically, the tools that will help you diagnose, test, troubleshoot, design, do everything wired and wireless uh, faster than ever. And just a quick little uh, testimony on that. I was at a client yesterday where they were having trouble with Wi-Fi. I probably shouldn't say client. This was a, a friend of mine asked me to come and do a quick look at their network and so I brought the new AirCheck G3, basically connected it to the Wi-Fi, and found out that they were trying to run about 150 devices off of a mesh network that was very old and not configured properly, and they were all jammed onto one channel. So I could show them that pretty quickly with the AirCheck and we weren't able to do anything yesterday because he is not the network administrator and does not have access to uh, the control panel of the access points. So we're going to go back probably in a week or so and actually do a full network assessment and get in there and either try to make changes or recommend uh, an, uh, a wireless upgrade for them. So NetAlly just got me another job, even though it's not my client. So thank you, mm. NetAlly. Our live show is presented by Computers Done Right, the uh, managed service provider here in Florida, in Southwest Florida. And not only do they do managed services, they can help you with social media content as well. So if you need services done, look no further than computersdoneright.com. And I do want to give a shout out to my patrons. I got asked the other day, why am I still doing this show? And I just basically said, look, this show gave so much to me, some of the other podcasters in the community. I've talked about my brothers in tech, Paco and Rick, and this is my way of giving back. So if you like the content that we're putting out here and you'd like to give back and make sure we keep doing this, head over to itbusinesspodcast.com and support the show. Uh, you can become a monthly patron. You can shop on Amazon and do some other things. But I want to give a shout out to our patrons that are giving monthly. Uh, $10 a pop or more, and that would be Clark, Kyle, Tom, and Synchro. So that is a shout-out there. Thank you, folks. And let's see. Do I have any news? I I have a news combo Florida man story that we get to later. So <laughs> Bobby and I will continue on here, and we'll go – uh, into that a little bit later. So world's worst superhero, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, Bobby, I probably should have asked you. I know that I I mentioned what I configure, what I thought were top takeaways from the book, and I don't think I asked you last time, and I'm going to ask you now: was what do you think should be people's biggest takeaway, or what do you hope people would have as their biggest takeaway from the book? Oh man. Um... I haven't been asked that yet. So I really what I I just want to be provocative with the book. I want people to think a little bit differently. I want them to have a little bit more ownership of the decisions they're making and not relying on the same cliches of like it's just business or is a business decision. That's a cop out. That's pretty weak. 
And, uh, you know, I, I really don't accept those excuses when people try to give them to us and we shouldn't, no one should accept them. Uh, so think about it in terms of what legacy are you creating for the company you're at? Uh, what, uh, what are you going to be known for? What is your company going to be known for? And don't worry, start worrying about that stuff until you're like, you know, in retirement and you're trying to, you, you feel bad that you've wreaked havoc your whole career and, and, and done all the, all these bad things for your own self enrichment. Like you can be good at business and be a good person. Like, I don't think people realize that hmm. it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, cutthroat or backstabbing or all this different stuff. You mean people uh, can be rich and nice. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. And, and rich doesn't necessarily, and rich doesn't mean you have a lot of money, right? Like that's back to what you quoted in the beginning. Like your, your, your fulfillment is more than your frustration. And you, the, the level of kindness you share with others is greater than the amount of self, selfishness you act out. So there's a balance, right? Like when, when we think about, when we look to nature as the example, because we're all part of that. It's all, it's all sort of, there, there's balance to the equation and nothing's taking too much. And if it does, it gets rectified. Uh, and, you know, so, uh, like think about how you fit into your company, your community, the people around you, how you're contributing to that and use that as, as the means of like, okay, what do we want to be known as? And that's a great way to establish the bar for like the expression, your website, your logo, your messaging, all that stuff. It's like, is this sending the right message to people? How you talk to them, how you treat your customers, how you show up on site, like clothes you wear, the words you choose, um, you know, all those things are sending a message to people. So make sure that you're, you're, you're making the decisions that are going to earn you every day the reputation you desire. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't have to feel like a huge burden. Sometimes it's just like, let's establish what good enough is for us. And like, let's meet that bar. And eventually good enough will no longer be good enough. So then it's like, okay, this doesn't feel right anymore. Let's improve it. And you don't have to solve that problem. You can find people to help you solve that problem. It's like, you know, we all probably did our books at one time, but eventually that's no longer good enough. And when that's the moment, you find a bookkeeper, and you CPA, and CFO. Like all those people are there to help you when the time is right. So, like, just think about what's good enough. Let's set a bar. Let's manage these expectations. Let's be consistent. Let's commit to that, and then then meet those standards. So, it's a good point you make, and I know that in your book, and when we talked about the fact that the brand should always be evolving. And it should always yeah. be being evaluated. Now, when you and I first talked, even before we did the first podcast, we talked about me and my branding. And I told you about the fact that, you know, for like the first 15 years, I had basically a crappy website. Didn't care because I didn't, I didn't really want to get people through the website. I wanted to mm -hmm. get referrals. I wanted them to be, mm -hmm. you know, I wanted the, it to be something where, oh, you need that? I got a guy. That's what I wanted. Now, I did yep. do all the stuff where I did come up with, you know, it's it's not a great logo, but it is something to where right. when I or a tech shows up at an office, we always have it. Now, I don't have the same color shirt and I don't have, you know, the signature colors. I guess so that if you look across mm -hmm. the the road and yep, that's MB Systems blue shirt. It's it's on all my shirts. And I remember a customer asking me, "Do you own a piece of clothing without your logo on it?" Mm -hmm. Which I thought was pretty good. I'm like, hey, they always recognize the logo. Do you, do you, do you? I well, I do. Yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I want an answer. But yeah, I mean. 
Like, but you don't need to establish like set brand colors. Like sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Right. Like, you know, if a UPS truck showed up and it was purple, like you'd be like, what is this? No, like get out of here. Uh, you know, but like they've established part of their brand identity to manage your expectations. And, and when you see that truck come, there's an expectation that they live up to or they don't. And when they don't live up to it, you feel like something's wrong, but the color, a brand doesn't have to be married to color because you think about like, it needs to be successful in its most simple forms, right? So black and white's fine. High contrast. Um, Not everyone sees color. I'm going to see sees in general. So if your if your brand is relying on color to be successful, you're not being inclusive. So just giving you giving you permission to not have to worry about that. All right. Good. I'll go back to not worrying. Good. Yeah. But, but let's say I was to come to you and say, um, man, Bob, I, I need some help. I have no idea what my brand is. I mean, I'm telling you okay. some of what I thought. You know, I do try to do what everybody else does about image. You know, we try to, mm-hmm. you know, I do little things like, you know, I wanted to have an office space. I wanted people to to see me as a business, and I didn't think that they would do that if I was, you know, having them meet me at my house or apartment at the time when I got sure. started. Uh, I wanted to have, you know, somebody answer the phone. I didn't want an automated, you know, attendant sort of a thing or having them always get voicemail. So those were the things I looked at. And then that was kind of it, you know, outside of being professional and courteous and kind and patient, which is one of the things I felt is no matter how frustrated the client got, we weren't going to get frustrated with them. Right. Stay calm. Tell them, look, we'll figure it out. If we can't, we'll find somebody who will, um, that sort of stuff. But I mean, that's what your brand is. Like you, you had, you had an expectation, you set a bar, you're like, we, we want, I want to feel like this is a legitimate business, whether the, the, the customer feels that perception, it doesn't matter. You're feeling it. Okay. So like it emits from you, right. As the founder, the leader, it's a top down scenario. It's the only time trickle down stuff works unless it's rain. Right. So like we have to have ultimate buy-in or no one else will. So if we feel that like we're not legitimate because we don't have an office or we don't have, you know, logo on polos, like that's fine. Like do what you need to do. So you have that confidence to go and rep your brand the proper way. All those terms you used about being patient and professional and unflustered and, you know, problem solving, like those are the core tenants that we want everybody associate with your brand to really embody those traits as well. And we want to convey that message through your website, right? So like when that gives us the ability to assess things. So assessing it from just a design perspective is one thing I could do that all day. But when folks ask ask me my opinion about, you know, what do you think of our brand or what do you think of this? What do you think of that? I always say, like, I can give you a design crit, but what's the point of that? I need to know more about you. I need to know what you care about. I need to know what your customers care about and how you're meeting that need. And then I can say, okay, well, let's assess things. And you can assess personnel. You can assess everything. From that, once you have sort of that North Star, like that's the thing that we're working towards all the time. So when you you set that as your bar or the dot on the horizon, say, okay, everything's got to be moving in that direction. And if it's not, it either has to be pivoted or removed because it's going to conflict with the consistency of our mission. So we may have talked about this last time, but like I, 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 I always scoff it when, when people say like, oh, we're a family here. You know, their business is a family. And I'm always like, well, that's a problematic because <laughs> families are like often dysfunctional and they fight and they, you know, they can't agree on anything. Yeah. And, and you go vacation with your family and you can't wait to go home. Like, 
I'm not saying it's the case all the time, but like think about all that, all the the nonsense with your family you can get away with because you're a family. But it should be a team. The team has a shared mission. And everybody and everything has a role in achieving that mission. So if, you know, just like you're evaluating a player or a tool or a technology, is it helping us reach that goal? Well, if it's not, what do you do about it? Well, you can say like, all right, you got to improve on this or this is not the right tool for us. You, you remove it or, or you, you get them to, to, to buy in. And the one thing that I want to add to that team mission is the core values of the company or the core values of the company. Everybody that's a part of the brand doesn't have to share those core values verbatim. They have to agree with them. They have to understand them because like you think about how you get along with others. It's because you have something in common. You give a crap about the same stuff, most likely. And you, you may have common interests. You may have whatever, right? Whatever bonds us. And that's the core values of your company. That's your mission and purpose. At your And you bring in the wrong person. Like that's going to be problematic. And the degree of that problem is going to be unknown. But the same thing with technology, same thing with assets, same thing, you know, all this stuff, same thing with contractors and vendors. Like if, if, if they are conf- com- completely conflict or the antithesis of what we believe in, then it will never work out. No matter what, what revenue they're bringing in, it's always going to be, it's always going to hurt the brand. So identifying what your mission is bringing on the right people and the right things, the right assets, the right technology to help you achieve those goals. It's really easy when we're thinking about like sports or something like that. The same applies to our businesses. You know, you want your quarterback to lead from a quarterback, right? Not everybody needs to be the quarterback. Some people just need to be a fullback and bulldoze people. Somebody just needs to be the water boy. And that's okay. That's all okay. That's their role. They're supporting the mission. Right. So do we get kind of misguided when we're thinking about brand as only related to things like website and social media clicks and, you know, oftentimes that's, so your website should be considered uh, in most cases, not all the hub of that marketing activity, everything Everything is marketing, as Seth Godin says, right? But everything, because everything sends a message. So if it's important that your message convey or your website conveys the right message, then make sure that it does. Make sure the images and the functionality and the performance and the speed and the ease and you know how it informs the customer, like whatever it is. Like we work with a consultant that like. She's getting referred business, just like you. And they're going to her website first to make sure she checks out at whatever evaluation that that person's doing in their mind. They want to go to that website to make sure she's legitimate and that they believe that she can help them with their their problem. And they're not going to fill out the contact form. They're going to ask for her email or phone number. Right. So like it's not a lead gen situation for everybody, but it's a validation that someone made an introduction or an offer to connect them and like, all right, this 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 checks out. Yeah, they're right for me. So they're going to her website just to check her out, but they're they're getting the contact information from the person that referred them. Yeah, she, I think uh, we're working with her again on some things. And she said that one person in the two years she's been in business filled out the form. And that was, but everybody's a referral for her or because she's just really uh, well known in what she does. So like there's no shortage of referrals and, and introductions, but only one person filled out the form. Hmm. All right. That's interesting. Now that I think about it, 
I may have only received, let's see, this is year 26. I've had a good functioning website for about 10 years. I think I may have five people that have emailed me through the website. How many of your customers go onto your website before they talk to you? Oh, I don't, you know, what's funny is I don't even ask because they're either how, how they, how they, how you guys got connected. Yeah. They either call me or the person that is doing the referral calls me and say, Hey, I got somebody for you to call. And I just call them. I'll be honest. I, I probably need to turn on that Google analytic thing (laughs) and find out if people are going to the website. Cause the only time I send people there is when we need to do a remote session. Okay. And I send them there to click remote. That's, that's all I do. So how many mistakes, how many mistakes did I make right there? Uh, Mistakes is not the right word. Okay. Um, Are you looking for new business? Are you looking for a new avenue to bring in new opportunities? Actively? Probably. Not actively, but is that a desire that you're ready to commit to? Well, it's not a huge desire. Let's say that. I'm not looking to, I don't have this goal to, you know, get a new client a month or grow, you know, 20% year over year. I don't have any of those types of goals. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm doing pretty good. And so, if I get so, what would happen if you start showing up more for certain terms and solutions that people are looking for in their words? Your phone and email are going to be ringing more. Yeah, you're going to be evaluating people more. Yeah, which is hard to do through a contact form or impossible to do if you offer a phone number. So you're going to be telling people you're going to be assessing their problem on the phone for free. You're going to be advising them whether you can help them or not for free. And you're, you're basically giving up a huge chunk, whether it's you or somebody in your team, of your free time or your productive time to sell, t- tell somebody no. And like, if you just want to maintain your business and be, continue to be competitive and successful, then you just instead, I would say, make it easier for people to refer you. It sounds like you're doing a good job with that already. So you're not doing anything wrong. Uh, you're doing it right because you're getting qualified referrals through your network because of the reputation you earn day in and day out. So there's nothing I would say that you would want to do other than tighten up and define the things that you want people to say about you and just reiterate them all the time. So you have some testimonials and quotes on your website. So here's an exercise you can do. We do the same thing. When we ask for reviews and we use a third party, we give them a summary of the project and Hey, we give us a review. We, great work. We love the work of you guys. Would you do this? The honors. It's very important for us to get feedback and social proof. Here's a, for, if it's helpful, here's a summary of the project. So we're writing bullet points out because not everybody that that's given us a review was a part of all parts of the project. So right. they don't have the, they don't always know the full complaint, but here's the things that we want them to say. And that's consistent with what we're saying and what we're selling. So we're managing the message, which is our reputation. So like there's things about how we advise the clients and we're doing what's best in their best interests. And we're, we're helping operationalize their marketing through branding and for, for performance and things like that. Like what we love to say and what we love to, to try to, to strive for with every engagement. Like we want our clients to say that too. So when so when they say give us feedback or they make a referral, oh, you guys should go with proper. They were great. That's plenty for me. But say like, you, you go oh, but but saying saying that go with proper, they were great, is a result of their friend or their colleague or their associate saying, uh. Like we got we got this brand, but it's just so clunky. This website is just so impossible to update and manage, and uh, we can't control the, the leads. Just suck. Like all these things. Like, oh, proper can help you with that because they're hearing the things 
that are relevant to our brand. And they're not necessarily the exact words, but it's the themes that are important. So just like when we're going through and digging deep into our client's brand and exposing it like the statue of David, what are the themes there that people are saying that are real? And we're going to put it in a, we're going to rewrite it and wordsmith it into a way that's very direct and concise, but in their brand's tone of voice. And that stuff is what gives your, your champions, your referral sources, the tools and confidence they need to recommend you to their associates. And it's the same tools and confidence the people that are working at, at the companies that you're serving, if they're not holding the purse strings, they need that, that information, that messaging, those bullet points, so to speak, those themes and saying, like, these are the guys for us. Here's why. And here's, like, you know, the person with the purse strings. They care about money in, money out. And was it worth it? Well, okay, yeah, it's going to be worth it because look what they do. This is what we need. So that totally aligns with us. So your your message is becomes your marketing. Your your associates and your clients become your marketers, and that's what we want to do is get people talking about our brand when the time is right. We don't want to be talking about our brand and be like, "Oh no, don't go with them; they suck." That's just as damaging. On the flip side, as saying, "Go with them; they're awesome." All right. You mentioned your company and all of that. And I think I probably failed to do that at the top of the show. So let me make sure I go back and do that. Uh, your company is proper and it is yep. spelled P R O P R mm-hmm. and the website properagency.com. That is your business uh, started in 2014. And all of the things that you and I have talked about are things that your company does. Uh, you're not just, you know, a marketing agency. Uh, you are public relations, marketing. No, we don't do PR. You don't do the PR? No. Uh, I'm just giving you jobs you don't want there. <laughs> That's okay. If if our clients need PR, though, we have colleagues that we build the dream team for them. Okay. But you you are basically... I think where I saw it was a brand strategy and creative agency. Does that say it better? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So everything from figuring out who you are and who your customers are, how to get in front of them, what to say, where to say it, uh, and what we want people to do. Um, it's very unifying in terms of like unifying your team, right, back to the team, but also being consistently saying the right thing out there that gets people talking and buying. All right. So, Bobby, we are we are coming up towards the end of the show. We could talk about uh, about stuff forever because I I, because. I feel like if I ask you a question, I'm going to get an essay back. <laughs> uh, yeah, even this late at night, I'm uh, I'm, I'm uh, you know you you're asking the questions that that I'm full enthousi- enthusiasm to answer. Well, it's funny because you made it sound as though I'm I'm asking you these questions for the very first time. It's uh, feel good about the questions I crafted. Yeah. I mean, like you said, we, I think we can go for many hours here. Maybe we have to, to think about doing a, a, a three hour podcast, like knucklehead Joe Rogan or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can think about that. Uh, <laughs> so start folks, earlier though. <laughs> yeah. So folks, Bobby Gillespie, uh, founder of proper agency. The links are going to be in the show notes. If you're watching the video here, yes, they're in the chat. And Bobby said that he came up with a contending story for Florida man. Well, you challenged me. So I did a little, uh, I, I kept it to something in current time. So, uh, Maryland man, am, am, am I going to go right now? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, we're we're in Baltimore. I'm an East Coast guy. I'm a, a city guy. I live, grew up in Philly. I live in Baltimore. So there's no there's no shortage of stories about just 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 bad stuff. But here's here's a Maryland man. Maryland man found dead in a house full of 124 snakes. <laughs> okay. 
There we go. Was it because of the snakes? It was somewhere in the count, somewhere in the boonies down, you know, below DC, I think. Okay. Did they say anything about how he died? Was it a result of the snakes or, or or he's been dead so long the snakes (laughs) invaded the house? It was inconclusive. Uh, This article was from like a last month and I didn't see it. Organically, I had to. I had to look up. Mar- I actually looked up Marilyn Man, and <laughs> so it would, would come up. But there was there was venomous snakes as well as constrictors and regular snakes. I mean, one hundred twenty mm. anything is a lot. Wow, uh, especially when it's alive. Um, like, uh, but they don't know why he died. I'm sure he. I'm sure it had something to do with. Vipers. Hmm. Ouch. All right. So my Florida man story, I'm going to give you the option of picking story number one or story number two. And for those of you, those of you Um, that are new to the show, I, I will always do a search for Florida man for only the last 36 hours. Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, so, uh, would you like to hear story number one or story number two? Or this goat behind this, this box. Um, <laughs> or would you um, like the ruckus dog I have up here that I got today for <laughs> attending a, a partner meeting. So the little dog up there is the, oh, nice. that was part of nice. their, uh, part of their goodie Josh. bag. <laughs> um, I got to go with story one. Okay. Story number one. A South Florida man thought he'd hit the jackpot after he won thousands off a winning scratch-off ticket. After Joe Chung saw that he'd won $10,000, he went to the lottery office to cash in. But while he was there, he was told the state was keeping his winnings and that he owed the state money, (laughs) according to reports. And what had happened was, during the COVID-19 pandemic, Chung reportedly received unemployment assistance and he was told that he was overpaid and had a debt balance of $7,800. So the state of Florida took his lottery winnings. Oh my God. What disappointment that must've been. (laughs) It's Uh, funny because there was a Maryland man story that I, that I, that I ignored that a guy won the lottery twice in one day. Yeah. He won like 10, he won 30 grand and then 20 grand same day. So I wonder if that, so I saw there was a story where, let me see if it's recent here and it may not be. Okay. There's the 1 million from a scratch off game. It may have been last week, but somehow uh, somebody purchased a lottery ticket twice with the same numbers. They put two lottery tickets with the exact same numbers that won, and so they, he got paid twice. See, was it in Maryland? I, I don't know. I have to. Now, this guy won the scratch off. Oh, it's, oh, it was over a same month, during the same month. Of the same month? 50 grand and 30 grand. And then here's another one. The guy won fifteen million. Um, second, he won millions. This guy won the lottery twice in two months. Yeah. So uh, it, yeah, Maryland West man. Wisconsin. Yep, Maryland man buys two lottery tickets, wins two jackpots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we saw <sighs> the same stories. Yeah, fifty thousand bucks. I'll take either. So. Very good. All right. Well, Bobby, thank you for hanging out on the show. And thank you. Yeah, folks. it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for everybody who's watched the video, whether live or after the fact. Thank you all for downloading and subscribing to the show. And again, head over to itbusinesspodcast.com and catch all of the past episodes. And be sure to go back and listen to episode 468 if you had not. That's where I introduced Bobby to the listeners here and talk about the proper way to build your brand. And I've got a link in the show for the build your brand book. 
And for those of you in the Facebook where I promised that there would be cursing on the show, build your build your brand like you give a shit. That's your curse word, folks, that I've given you free of charge. Yeah. Let's so. see. Uh, shit is one of the oldest uh, consistently used uh, curse words in, in any language. Is it? I, I mean, it I is. guess it should be. We've been shitting ever since we were uh, walking we, the earth. Right? <laughs> it, it has a long history with humans, right? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so, well, folks, thank you very much. Next week, let's see what's happening next week. Uh, I am going to be in Orlando uh, Sunday through Tuesday for the exchange conference, but I will be back with a show next Wednesday night. We are going to have another of the finalists from last year's ConnectWise Pitch It shows. So you'll want to come and listen to that. Humanize It or Humanize IT is going to be the company featured next week. So same time, same channel. We'll be here. And on behalf of my good friend, Bobby G, thanks for hanging out. And uh, we'll see you next time. And until then, holla.